still my soul. Hey everybody, this is Phil. Welcome to our Bible study podcast. At the end of this study, please take the time to subscribe to the Glen Springs Church YouTube channel and check out our website. Also, if you live in the Gainesville, Florida area, we would love to have you visit us in person. For now, let's open up the Heavenly Library and may the words of the Holy Spirit sink deep into our hearts. Thanks for joining us. In every to another study in Ephesians. We're so thankful that you're with us. And today, Mark and I have on the docket something a little different. We've been talking about this for a while. Uh, The text that we've studied the past two weeks is really the text of the Bible, in my opinion. That's the salvation story. But it's also one of the most, uh, as you might say, misunderstood texts in some, some people's opinions when you get into this story uh, because of the way some people look at grace. And that sounds kind of odd even to say, doesn't it? It's, it's a fact. Um, this mercy of God, uh, if, if God's mercy has been granted to us, then man can do nothing, mm-hmm. basically. God has approved it. God has said it. Therefore, it's going to happen, uh, and you have no power over it. That's just the grace of God, and that's how this has been interpreted by some over the years, and that's a very prevalent taught uh, thing as far as denominational Christianity, quote-unquote, is concerned. That's, that's what the denominations say, that God, God's grace is such that we have no power over what we do. And I think that we have to be very careful about that as we look at this. Uh, We're taught, mainly by Calvin, uh, back in the 1500s, Calvinism was started um, just a little after Luther, who pretty much taught the same thing, that they they were fighting the doctrine of the time of works, uh, and different works giving you salvation. And uh, they were fighting that and saying, no, it's, it's your faith. It's faith alone that saves you. And so that debate went on for a hundred or so years, uh, and that led to the Reformation. That was what happened uh, in the 1500s. It was the Catholic faith teaching indulgences and works saving you versus then the reformists saying, no, it's faith alone. And, and that led to quite a bit of bloodshed in the period of time. But that's been the teaching then for the last few hundred years as far as the Reformation is concerned. And these are their proof texts. Well, Mark used the phrase bloodshed, and that's literal. Was, so, yes. yeah, so what we want to do today in our study is we would like to present to everyone what is, for some, the common teaching of Ephesians 2 from the Calvinistic point of view, and then the way we interpret it 
from the standpoint, yes, I agree with a lot of what Calvin said, but it's kind of like the pendulum swings way too far. It swung so, way too far. Yeah, and so our goal today, and we definitely want you to reach out to us. If you're listening via podcast or you're watching us on the YouTube channel and you would like to discuss this more, you have questions and comments, please reach out to us. Uh, because mainstream Christianity, I think, for the most part, is more Calvinistic. Uh, than maybe what you might be hearing today. And we want to make sure that we're just following the Bible, not any interpretation of man. So real quick, if you'll allow me, Mark, let's just think about the history and where things uh, where things kind of went and how the pendulum swung back and forth. As Mark said, you had the Catholic Church that pretty much dominated uh, religion uh, for the most part uh, for you know thousands of years. But then comes along Martin Luther. Martin Luther had the courage to stand up, and we remember what Martin Luther did uh, by his willingness to stand up and say, wait a minute, these are the things that I don't see as correct with Catholicism, which for him, being a Catholic priest, took a lot of courage. It was so interesting. What he was, he put these theses up, these 95 theses, uh, as a means of debate. All All he was wanting to do was an establishing a debate among the, the Catholic priest in the area, and he wanted to say, well, if it's indulgences, if it's, if it's these things, what does Scripture say on this? And so I, I want a debate. Martin Luther was never initially trying to reform anything. He was trying to not call it that. He, all he wanted to do was have the Catholic priest priest talk about this and see if there were things they need to be doing differently as far as scripture was concerned and then it led to the reformation and then he didn't oppose it but that wasn't his initial yeah and so you have uh, a religion that's really based all on works yes. and listening to what the church tells you to do and obeying the church exactly so it begins to swing the other direction then you have the printing press yeah. And you have Gutenberg and then Tyndale with uh, providing the word in written form so everybody can see it. And Tyndale translated mm-hmm. the New Testament and some of the Old Testament, and now it was available. Mm-hmm. The printing press was there. They had it out. Common man was beginning to get a hold of this. He could read Scripture for themselves, which was not allowed. Yeah. for a thousand years, and so now it's there. People can see it, and so people are beginning to read their Scripture and not see what they're being taught. And that's kind of hard for us to fathom. Uh, Tyndale <laughs> would be killed yes, uh, for that stance, and many of those who were just saying, listen, only the Bible, solo Scripture, only the Bible was the mantra, and let's let everybody get into the Word and let them have their own yes. faith. And it cost them their lives. Yes. God blessed these men uh, for their faith. So you, you've got a pendulum swing, which in many ways is very, very good. And then John Calvin comes along also with the same intentions of Martin Luther and others to make sure we're not following just works and it's doing everything to appease a specific religious body. But it seems like the pendulum maybe went a little too far. And it was a challenge even for Calvin to look at the book of James and say, well, James says, no. oh, wow, you, you Actually, think without Luther, Luther would not use James. Mm-hmm. 
he would not use James because when you have him saying, James saying, you're justified by works and not by faith alone, he couldn't justify that because I'm teaching that you're saved by faith alone. And there's James saying, no, no, that's not the case. And so what we're going to be seeing today is going to be this term works. What does that mean? And that's what they were not understanding during these times of the works. Paul is talking about the works of the Old Law, of the Old Testament. You mm-hmm. cannot be justified by those works uh, because you can fail in one work in one way and you fail in all. That's right. And so you've broken the covenant. You've broken the covenant. So works are not going to save you. The works of the Old Law. And I'm, I'm interested in this passage here because he says you're justified. You're, by grace, you've been saved through faith and not as a result of work or works that no one should boast. That's entirely correct. But then he goes on to say in verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. And so there's two different works being talked about here. Uh, The works of the old law are not going to save you, but Christ has brought you in uh, to do good works. Now that's the good works that James is talking about. And so when you're trying to work through those two works, you've got Paul saying you're not going to be justified by the old law, the works of the old law. James is saying you're going to be justified by the works that the Lord wants you to do. And he calls it the law of Christ. And James he calls it the does. law of Christ. And so the, the reformist couldn't get that concept. And so the works that the Roman Catholic Church was talking about was not either one of these works. Right. That was the whole thing, but the term works was being used, and so... It became a, almost a naughty word. Yes, Theologically a naughty word. wrong, you should yes. use the word. So we're in Ephesians 2, and uh, Mark's already quoted some of it. Let's go ahead and read it, and, and then just explain a little bit of what is the controversy theologically. Yeah. Uh, and, and really, like Mark said, it has to do with the word work. So we're in Ephesians 2... And in verses 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Uh, Can we begin on what we would wholeheartedly agree with with anybody who may consider themselves to be Calvinist. I believe with all my heart yeah. we are saved by grace. Exactly. And I'm not afraid to say it. If you were to ask me, Phil, are you saved by grace? Absolutely. We are saved by grace. Well, he said it twice here. Yeah, he, actually he said did. it back up in verse 5, by grace you have been saved. So twice he has said that God's mercy, God did not not have to grant us the mercy of salvation. He did not have to do that because man has separated himself from God. But God, through his abundant mercy, uh, established then a program uh, of salvation, and that was by his mercy, by his grace. So we are saved by grace. Our part in this is the faith. And that's that's the whole thing. Our part in this is the faith. It's not that man is granted this and you have no part in it. We do. It's our faith. 
that allows us this grace to be bestowed upon us. If it was only grace, if, if, if think of it this way, if salvation was grace and grace only, that it was only God and nothing, 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 nothing man can do at all, then wouldn't everybody be saved? Exactly. Why would why would the Lord choose more people to be lost? Because He said over in Matthew, uh, you know, broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many will be that find it. And then narrow is the way uh, that leads to righteousness, and only a few is going to find it. So now He's saying God has committed most people to death and destruction. If, if that was the if way, that was the if way. that was the way, uh, and and it would really be. Well, the opposite of grace only if if some are saved and not. Uh, So my way of looking at it, and I'll just give my point of view, and then I want to hear your thoughts, Mark. Verse 8 really gives us the salvation formula. The grace of God and the faith of man. Yes. You see that all through Scripture. If you think back to Noah, think of Noah. The story of Noah doesn't begin with the ark. The story of Noah in Genesis 2, verse 6, begins with, and Noah found grace in the eyes of God. It began with grace. And so there's the Lord's grace being extended to Noah, and he commands Noah to build the ark. And we know Noah did that for well over 100 years, and, and the scriptures tell us more than once that Noah did everything that the Lord commanded him. Now, when Noah got off the ark, did he pat himself on the back going, I sure did good. I saved myself by my good words. No. no. He fell down and worshiped God because all the goodness in the world meant nothing without the grace of God. It was God who provided the plan of salvation. He just did what the Lord asked him to do. I think we see that same that same formula of God's grace and man's faith even when you come to the New Testament. For Jesus has preached to us, he is our grace. He is the epitome of grace that our Savior was given for us on the cross. But when we hear that message, we have to choose, are we going to believe it? Are we going to have the faith in it? Are we going to have the faith that follows to do the will of our Lord by submitting to Him, by believing in Him, by repenting and being baptized into Him? That's my faith. But even if I do all those things and do them well, I don't pat myself on the back saying, hey, I saved myself. Uh, by the grace of God go I, as, as Paul would say. And so, to me, that's what you find here. And if you go to Hebrews 11, all those great men and women of faith, their faith had action. It moved. But every one of them. Every one of them. But none of them are going to go, hey, I was saved. I saved myself or my work saved me. No, you would say it's still the grace of God. And, and, and that's the way I see this. And we've got to be careful of going grace only or faith only or works only. You've got to put the whole plan together. Yeah. Romans 6 tells us that Christ, uh, or Romans 5 tells us that Christ died while we were still sinners. Christ died. Um, Romans and, 5, 8. Yeah. 5, 8. And then in 2 Corinthians 5, about 11 on, it said Christ died for all. Mm-hmm. Christ died for all. He didn't die for a few. So his initial action of death was for everyone. The key then is how does everyone respond to that grace that has been offered to them? Uh, and for us then to say that it was only limited uh, to a few uh, that 
the Lord knew. There we get into the idea of predestination and knowing that God knew in the beginning who was going to accept him and who wasn't. That's entirely different than predestination that he predetermined that you were going to do that. Christ died for all. Now, what's our free moral agency part of this? It's our faith. Mm -hmm. You can express faith in Christ or not. The key being then is then this faith alone going to justify you. Is this faith alone? That's all you need. The moment that I decide that Christ did die on that cross and that cross power uh, is now enveloping me and I am now a child of God because my faith has determined. There we then we have to discuss that a little farther. But I am going to agree wholeheartedly from Scripture that it's my faith that saves me because I wouldn't have a chance at anything else if I didn't believe in Christ, if I didn't believe in God, that I didn't believe that he came to this earth and died for me. I've got to have that. And so now what does my faith do for me and, and what does it cause me to want to do? Uh, and it was interesting that our reformers in the day were so fixed on faith doing this for us that they added the term faith alone. Yeah. Faith alone saves you. And that has caught and that has continued that it's at that moment of faith um, that you are saved. And that's where we have to be careful in defining our terms. Uh, this passage, I'm not going to tear down this passage. This passage is here. And we are saved by grace through faith. faith. Yeah. And so, yes, we are. And then what I am going to encourage all of our hearers and those who might disagree would be, what does Scripture say about salvation? That's, that's where we go. Where does, what does Scripture say about salvation? Here it says that we indeed need to have faith to be justified. I, I agree with that. Where do we go from there? Yeah. Uh, Paul, uh, Paul, <laughs> I just elevated you, by the way. Paul, there you like that. Paul. Uh, Mark uh, mentioned uh, the idea of uh, election, and we see that yes. in, in Calvinism. If you're familiar with Calvinism, there's an acronym, TULIP, uh, that you're probably familiar with. If it's new to you, what it is, there's five tenets of Calvinism. There is total depravity. Yeah. Uh, we were born in sin. We were born in sin. Our will is sinful. We were, uh, and that's, that's what... Uh, Calvin decided, right. that's the first. Unconditional uh, election would be the second. Uh, the third, limited atonement. Uh, the atonement of the Lord is just only for those yeah, who are saved. Only those you know, who are uh, saved. And in a sense, that ends up being correct. Yeah. But it wasn't beforehand. Right. It, he it wasn't died like for all. And, and that gets back to the idea of what Mark was talking about with predestination. Yes. That we don't believe that he predestined who's in, who's out individually. No. He predestined the plan that we would be saved through Christ. Yeah. That was the predestined part. Uh, the fourth would be irresistible grace in the tulip. And then the last, perseverance of the saints. In other words, once you're in, you're in. Once saved, always saved. Now, there, there's a lot of differences to what some people believe about Calvinism. Not everybody holds all five. It, it bounces around. But the point was, Calvin ended up here with a pendulum swing. Yes. And we want everyone to recognize you got to keep things balanced. 
and and look at what Scripture says on a whole and understand. I, like Mark said, I wholeheartedly, yes, amen, this passage. Absolutely, that is the salvation plan. But you can't just focus here. You've got to take it and, well, what what is it being saved by grace? Yeah. What is it what being saved mean? by faith? What exactly is faith? And, and grow from there because clearly... Paul in verse ten is applauding good works. Yes. So now we and have works. He wants us to be part of works. Yes. But it's not works that you would say I can pat myself on the back, or especially I think the context is the old law, uh, like exactly. you said. But works are part of it that we show our faith to the Lord in the things that He wanted us to do. And what I would ask all when we start talking about salvation to look at the in toto of what Scripture says about salvation. And if we hold ourselves to faith and faith only, then I can go back over to Romans. And I was just thinking about this before we started. I go back to Romans 10 and look beginning in verse 10 uh, of Romans 10. Um, For with the heart man believes. Okay. Resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth, he confesses, resulting in salvation. So what does that mean? What does that mean? Uh, So he he says here that confession is part of salvation. Right. So we're saying, okay, here's another verse involved in this scheme of salvation. The word confession is not included at all in Ephesians 2. We see faith, mm-hmm. and we see works. We see those terms. But here, now there is resulting in salvation. And, and then he goes on, for the Scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. That's an Old Testament passage. Then he goes on to talk about this idea and faith and hearing faith in all of these things. Verse 13, so whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved Hallelujah. Amen. And now you go over to Acts, the 22nd chapter, verse 16. 16, And how did Paul call on the name of the Lord? Ananias said to him, Acts 22, 16, And Paul, why are you waiting? And he'd been praying and fasting for three days. days. So he, he he, he believed. So why are you waiting, Paul? Arise, be baptized, washing away your sins, calling on the name name of the Lord. And so right there you have a term. Whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Whoever will call upon his name, the Lord will be saved. And now we have other passages that begin to reveal these things. The Lord didn't give us one verse or any two or three verses to talk about salvation. We seek that and search for that in Scripture. But we're asking you, we're asking ourselves, we need to look at all passages on salvation. And, and look at all passages that refer to works. In John 6, Jesus calls believing a work. A work. This is the work yeah. of God that you believe. And so you see works being attributed to believing. Now, not earning your salvation no. because you're so great or anything, but believing is a work. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 12, which is actually the sister epistle uh, to Ephesians, uh, Jesus refers to baptism as being a work, but not in a negative sense. He says it's the working power of God. When we give ourselves to the Lord, He does His work in us. And, and so 
the, the thing that I think both of us are saying the same thing. This is so cool. We didn't sit down and really spend a lot of time getting each other's view heading into us, but our, our approach is the same. Look at it all. Look at it all. And, and, and see it all. Yes, Ephesians 2. Absolutely. For by grace you've yeah. been saved through faith. Um, not of works, lest anyone should boast. But understand, believing is a work. Repenting can be a work. It requires effort. And, and just because... Obviously, salvation. Salvation is the working it, power it is of God. a work. And, and, and then confession is a yeah. work. You have to express something. So. And so... There are works out there. Just this one thing before we have to end today. <laughs> Those who feel that faith only saves you then will say, well, yeah, we're baptized, but we're baptized uh, as an outward sign or an outward work of an or inward in faith. faith yeah. Well, I will, I will grant you, I will grant you that baptism is a work um, signifying your faith. Yeah. But... The Lord puts salvation on the other side of that baptism, not before baptism. And so that's what we have. Repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. You don't and find it, that phrase, it's an outward sign no, of an inward. You don't no, see that. I will agree with you in that term that it is an outward sign of an inward grace in your faith, but you're doing it because the Lord has asked you to. Right. For your salvation. And so... I don't think we're erring in our teaching of Scripture on this line. And all we're asking you, and we could go on forever here, but all we're asking you is to look at all the Scriptures that define salvation and saving. And you can't isolate on one or two. You have to look at all of them to get to the Lord's place. And even as you go through the book of Acts and you see the apostles and Philip and others teaching uh, the gospel in Jesus... He didn't say believe to every single one of them, although that was certainly implied. Repentance was only mentioned in in Jerusalem on that first sermon, but we know that's certainly implied and part of the plan. Confession, same way, is really only mentioned in what you see with uh, uh, Philip speaking to the Ethiopian as well as as Paul. You look at Philip and the eunuch there. The eunuch didn't know anything. He was reading about Christ and... In Isaiah 53. This is Acts 8. Acts 8. And then he teaches him Christ. Right. That's what he does. And at the end of him teaching Christ, what does he do? See, here's water. What that's hinders right. me I from mean, being baptized? I mean, that's the yeah. eunuch saying that. Well, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? Suddenly, certainly, Philip must have been preaching him baptism yeah. as far as salvation was concerned. He said, here's water. Why, why can't I be baptized? So is baptism a work? I would say absolutely. As Paul says in Colossians 2.12, it's the working power of God. It's the working power of God. It's letting God do His work. And that's what he's, we're seeing, he's seeing in 1 Peter 3.21. Yeah. Uh, it's saving you. It's, 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 not, it's not washing your sin or washing your uh, body, but it's an answer to a good conscience towards God. All right, could we sum it down with this? Be careful of the word only. Yes, would That's that be all. fair? Be careful of the word only. I can see what Calvin was doing. He, he had this works mentality that he's fighting against. Yes. And, and, and Luther, the same way. We just need to take it as a whole. And I will honor both of them for oh, the God work bless that they them. did. Because 
God bless them. With, without them, I think it would have happened. But and they, all the other they reformers sped on. in that they, time frame. They yeah. sped this on uh, to get away uh, from what was happening at that time. And I praise them for that. They got mm-hmm. into the Word. Uh, but we have the Word today. And let's use the whole Word. And let's get into it ourselves. And, and get into it ourselves. I tell you what, the, the story of Tyndale and others is powerful. Yes, too. it is. never studied that. Uh, this Bible that you have in your hand came via a lot of bloodshed, not just our Lord no. Jesus, uh, but a lot of wonderful men of faith who made sure that we could have it on our own. And so God and I praise them. that. Praise them. So maybe we've given you some things to think about, or maybe you have some comments or questions, whatever. Don't be afraid to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. We would love to discuss this more uh, in private, but we thought it might be good to just take a time out and get into this passage and the way others may see it and just encourage all of us to get into the Word more. Mark, you got anything else? No, I'm just happy we had this opportunity. All right. Well, thank you so much. Great job, brother. And thank you for joining us. And as always, our admonition is the same from our brother Paul. May we always be willing to look inside this wonderful law of liberty and that may we can understand the, the love of Jesus and be filled with all the goodness of God. God bless you. Good night, brother. The Lord is in His holy temple. Again, thanks for listening. If you live in north-central Florida or you're just passing through, we would love to have you visit us at the Glen Springs Road Church of Christ. Also, check out our website, glenspringschurch.com. You can learn more about our church family and how to contact us. Until next time, God bless. Keep silence before Him.